Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. Vintage Church is a movement of truth, love, and community. For more information, visit VintageChurchNola.com. Here is this week's message. Good morning. Welcome to Vintage Church again. If I've never met you before, my name is Dustin Turner. I serve as the lead pastor of Vintage Church. We have been in this series called Welcome Home over these last few weeks, looking at the church of Jesus Christ. And I, it was, I was singing that last song, you know, and that the phrase that at the end of that song, Defender, uh, so much better your way. I started to think about that and process that just in relation to this series that we've been in. Because our, this, is our, this is our tendency, right? Our tendency is to want to do things whose way? <laughs> That's right. You didn't even have to second guess that, right? You know, and my, I'm on daddy daycare right now. My wife's in Ohio with family. And my kids have a particular way that they want to do things, right? That's not dad's way. You know, so the challenge for you and I, the challenge for us is that what we want is we want it our way. But as we look at the Bible and as we think about what Jesus and what the scriptures have to say to us, the challenge is not to think about how the church should look according to our ways, but according to Jesus's way, because his way is so much better. So we've been in this series over the last three weeks. We've looked at uh, different topics related to the church. We started out with this house is home. We looked at First Peter laying a foundation for who the church is. Then Pastor Weaver came and he preached from First John where we talked about this group is caring. We talked about community in the life of the church, community in the life of Vintage Church, how we do community through our V groups. Last week, Pastor John McCann came and talked talked about how this team is serving, looking at 1 Corinthians 12 and what Paul has to say about spiritual gifts. And hopefully you've seen this every week in this series, we've been looking at a New Testament letter because the, the New Testament letters were written to the churches. They were written to the churches, oftentimes tackling just issues that, the, that was going on in the life of the church. But sometimes... The issue was more general and broad, or even when it was specific, it still has something to say for us. And so we've been looking at those different topics. Today we're looking about at this. This family is leading. And what I want you to see, some of you have seen this today up at our offices. They're having the, uh, the last step of the Connect Track Step 4 partner. And we talk about what we call the Vintage Pathway. And I want you to see this because this is so important. This is the strategy by which we carry out our mission. This is how we do what we do as a church. Each week we've talked about this where we gather. What we're doing right now on a Sunday morning, coming together, gathering as the body of Christ, worshiping Jesus, serving Jesus. But we want people to connect we want them to find community here at Vintage. And so the last two Sundays where we talked about our groups and we talked about serving, that's about connecting. 
It's not just, hey, you know what we need? We need more people in groups so we can say we have 300 or 400 people in groups. There's, man, we have such a deficit in this team, so we need people to serve. No, we believe that when you get into community and when you serve the church, you're connecting with the church. And as you connect, you actually become a healthier person. So we connect. The week one, we talked about partnering a little bit, where we talked about who is the church and why the church exists. And so we want people not only to connect, but partner or commit. We want them to say, this is our church, and we're committed to that. Then we go to lead, where we're talking about today. For many of us in this room, God has called us not only to commit and partner with the local church, but to lead in the local church. And next week, you can imagine, where are we going? There you go. Where are we going? It's these, I don't give trick questions. I can promise you that, okay? We're going to be talking about being sent. Each and every week, we say we're being sent out of this place to live the gospel, serve the city, and be the church. Whether it's our neighborhoods, whether it's our workplace, whether it's another state or another country. That's part of who we are as Christians. And so that's kind of what we are looking at over these last few weeks leading up to next week. We're going to be in Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 16, if you want to turn there. If you don't have a Bible, lift up your hand. Our Connect team would love to get you a copy of God's Word as our gift from us to you. Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 16. And this is the kind of the main point I want you to get this morning. Okay, This is the main point. Jesus leads leaders to lead his church. Jesus leads leaders to lead his church. Let's look at what Paul says to the church at Ephesus in chapter 4, starting in verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now here's what I want you to see very the very first part, the, the, right out of the gate, this is the most important thing that I think we can see in this passage. Jesus leads this family. Jesus leads this family. Look at the very beginning of Ephesians 4.11. And he, who's the he in this passage? Not a trick question. Remember I said no trick questions this morning, right? Who's the he? Jesus is the he. Jesus is the one who gave the leaders to the church. Not just the church at Ephesus, 
But the church here at Vintage Church, here in the the United States of America, here in the world, Jesus is the one who gives leaders to his church. This is his church. Jesus is the one who leads this family. Paul says it in a couple other places, Colossians 1.18. It says this, and he, that is Jesus, is the head of the body, the church. Ephesians 1, 22 through 23, and he, that's Jesus, or that's actually God there, and he put all things under his feet and gave him, that's Jesus, as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Jesus leads this family. One of the things that we say often at Vintage is this, is that we want to listen to Jesus and do what he says. Because, listen, my wisdom, the wisdom of the pastors of this church, the wisdom of our leaders in this church could lead us astray. But I can tell you one person who's not going to lead us astray. It's Jesus. Jesus leads this family. Why does Jesus lead this family? The first thing that I think is very important for us to understand is that it's kind of a no-brainer. He's our God and Lord. So I don't know about you, but if someone's God and someone's Lord over all of things, I think it's probably a good idea to listen to them, right? So part of the reason that Jesus leads this family is that he's God and Lord, Number one, so he deserves that spot. He deserves that right. But because he's God and Lord, I want to listen to him. I want to hear what he has to say. Because he's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's everywhere. So he probably knows a little bit more than I do or you do. Why does Jesus lead this family? It's not only that he's our God and Lord, but that he's the one who's provided our salvation. I mean, do you, rec- you do recognize, right, we said this in week one, that the church is not this building. If this whole building were to burn to the ground, Vintage Church would continue to exist. Why? Because Vintage Church is the people. And the reason that we are the people is because Jesus has saved us. From the very beginning of time, God desired to have a relationship with you and I. And what we said to God is, God, your plan looks pretty good, but I think I can do a little bit better. Right? We want it whose way? Our way. Right? God, you did pretty good. I mean, all, the whole creation thing, you know, we went to the zoo yesterday with my kids, looking at all the animals, that's a pretty good job, God. I mean, the lions are incredible, right? Do you know the, the zoo has lions now? That just happened yesterday. But the male is intimidated by the females. So, <laughs> so the, the male wasn't out yesterday. Only the females were roaming around, right? So I look at creation. God, you did a really good job. But you know, all of the stuff you tell me to do, the way that you want me to live my life, I just don't like that. That's what the, our parents did, Adam and Eve. And now because of their sin, we are doing that same thing. And because we shun the ways of God, we're separated from God. 
But God put on flesh and came to earth and dwelt among us and lived a perfect life, went to the cross and died for our sins, resurrected from the grave. Because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, we can be made one with God. We can be made right with God when we repent, when we turn away from our sins and in faith trust Jesus. It's that salvation that brings us into the family of God, into his church. Jesus leads his family because he's provided that salvation. And lastly, Jesus leads his family because he's invited us into his family. I want to do a little experiment this week. I'm going to go into all of your houses this week, and I'm going to walk in, and I'm going to tell you how we're going to run things in your home. <laughs> do you, would you like that? Does that sound like fun? <laughs> no, don't be coming into my house. I'm just telling you right now. You come into my house, it's like, I don't like the couch there. Just wait till my wife gets home, and she, when you move the couch around with her, whew, you're going to be in trouble, right? We don't go into other people's homes and tell them what to do. Why? It's not their home. Jesus, we, we don't run this home. We're a part of this family, but guess who's our father? Jesus. We've been invited into this family. So Jesus leads this family because he runs the family. One of the ways that we describe this often, this is our org chart at Vintage Church. You're not going to like it because it's super, like, it, usually org charts are kind of vertical, you know. There's a lot of levels to it. This one's pretty basic. You can see Jesus is at the top, and every single other person in the life of Vintage Church is under Jesus. Because every single one of us are simply children of God saved by Jesus, so it doesn't matter if you're a pastor, deacon, partner, or just a guest attending. We want to listen to Jesus and do what he says. Because Jesus leads this family. Second thing is this. Not only does Jesus lead this family, but Jesus gives this family leaders. Look at the rest of Ephesians 4, 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. Now, I know that there's a whole lot here that I can't necessarily go into today. There's a debate, right, whether or not all of those offices are still offices that should be in the local church or whether some of these offices were just offices for the church in the first century. The apostles were the ones who had seen the risen Jesus. They were the ones like Peter and Paul who were starting the churches. Prophets were ones that spoke on behalf of God. Evangelists, ones who proclaimed the gospel. Shepherds and teachers, these were the pastors. And the pastors needed to be teachers. Not all teachers are pastors, but every pastor should have the ability to teach. Now, now here's the, the, the important thing. I don't want you to get caught up in whether or not we should have apostles or prophets. But what I want you to see is that God, that God not only gifts the church with spiritual gifts. right? That's what Pastor John talked about last week. And that's important. If you are in Christ and a part of a local church, you have a gift for the body of Jesus. But G God not only gives gifts to the church, he also gives people to the church. 
Do you see that? That's what, that's what Paul, these are not necessarily gifts that Paul is referring to here. These are offices and positions in the church. And he's saying, I'm giving these people to you who have these spiritual gifts, who can perform a function in the body of Jesus Christ. And I think that's incredible. That when, when God looks at his church, he doesn't say, Here's a roster that I've got to fill. And we just don't have anybody to fill these places. The incredible thing is he saves people for his church. And when he saves them, he gifts them and gives them a role to play in his church for his kingdom. Jesus leads the family, but he gives the family leaders to lead his church. Now, here's the thing. For most of church history, church leadership has been broken down into two offices. When you go and you look at Paul's other letters, what you're going to find is the pastor, overseer, uh, bishop, those kinds of terms, elder. And then you're going to see the, the role of deacon. And at Vintage Church, we break our leaders down into those two categories, pastors and deacons. And I think part of what's going on in this passage is that while the qualifications of the offices are the same then and now, even though we don't have apostles and prophets functioning in those roles, the qualifications are the same. The context has changed. We would all agree, right, that uh, the first century world is a little different from the 21st century world, right? Good, good. That's a good answer that you gave, right? So because the qualifications haven't changed, but the context has changed, that means at times the functions change, right? Here's a trick, not a trick question. Do you think, we have a media arts director on our, on our team, right? Chris Wilson, he does an incredible job, all of the graphics and all of this stuff. I don't even know how he does it, right? Do you think the early church had one of those? Good job, Right? They didn't even have computers. Did you know that? Did you know that Paul, when he wrote, he didn't have computers to type his letters out? He didn't send emails? So <laughs> some of you might be like, what are, what are we talking about, right? Here's what I'm trying to get at. I believe that there's a need for a media arts director on our team. Do you guys agree? Okay, that's good because I was going to have to fire Chris if you guys said no, right? There was, there's a need now 2,000 years ago, there wasn't a need for a media arts director. There was, an, a need, there was a need for an apostle in the early church. Why? Because churches were just starting to be planted all over the world. And so while the qualifications for you and I as pastors or deacons or church members, I believe, stays the same, sometimes the roles in the local church change because of the need that we have because the context changes. So when we talk about leadership at Vintage Church, we talk about our leadership pipeline. I want to show you that. For some of you, you've seen this. But this is important because this is how we develop leaders and think about leadership at Vintage. At the bottom level, that's a volunteer. If you're a part of Vintage and you volunteer, that's where you are at. But if you're wanting to take a step up, then we have team leaders. Team leaders are leading back in our production, leading on our music arts team, leading in our Connect and V-Kids. They are the ones leading a team. 
Then we have ministry coordinators who lead the leaders. They lead the team leaders. We have ministry directors who oversee whole ministries. Chris Wilson, he's our media arts director. Why? Because he oversees all of media arts. Mark Anthony Thomas, he's our music arts director. Why? Because he oversees all of our music. Pray for Mark. He has strep throat. You imagine being a singer, having strep throat. He was here earlier, and I told him he's not allowed to be here. He's sick. So we have directors, and then we have the church board. The church board oversees all of the church. Pastor Brick, our executive pastor, and myself oversee all of that. This is the functions within our local church. The roles of pastor and deacon are within this. The church board and some of the ministry directors are pastors. Every other level serve as deacons. This is how we have figured out through the the, the leading of the Holy Spirit to have leadership and have people aspire to lead in the life of Vintage Church. So Jesus leads this family. He gives this family leaders. Third, I want you to see this. Jesus' leaders lead this family. Look at verse 12, Ephesians 4, verse 12. So he, Paul has written that God, Jesus has given all of these leaders to the church to do what? To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Jesus' leaders lead this family. How do these leaders lead the church? The first thing that I want you to see is this. They prepare the church. The leaders of the church prepare the church. That's our responsibility. The reason that I get up here and I talk to you, the reason we have small group lead, V group leaders who lead our V groups, all of these different things, we are working to prepare the church. Now, here's what's important. Preparation is different than ministry, right? Now, right, I get it. My, my ministry is preparation. But if all we do is prepare you for ministry and no one carries out the ministry, we've got problems, right? We've got real problems. It's like teaching somebody to do a craft to have a job skill and say, okay, you've got that job skill. Well, I'm not planning on working. Well, why did I just spend 40 hours of my life training you in that position? Right? And so what Paul is saying here is that Jesus leads, his, the leaders lead this family. They prepare the church. That's equipping the saints to do what? To do the work. The, the leaders of the church prepare the church to do the work. That's the work of the ministry. Last week, that's why we spent time talking about our V-teams. Listen, V-teams are not the end-all, be-all of ministry at Vintage Church. If you were to come to me and say, I want to be involved in ministry, I'm going to point you to V-teams. Why? Because they are a significant part of what we do in this church. But they're not the only thing. So we do the work of ministry. What is that? To love God and love people. I think that's... At its core, the work of ministry. So our music arts team leading us in musical worship. They're leading us to love God. Our connect team who is serving out there, providing hospitality, welcoming people. They're working to love people. They're carrying out that ministry. 
The leaders of this family prepare the church to do the work for the benefit of the church. You know what's incredible about this passage? The word that Paul uses when he says, for building up the body of Christ. That's literally a word about building a house. Interesting that we have welcome home and a door, right? Here's the thing, though. What, What Paul is saying about this is how many of you would love to live in an unfinished home? You've got a foundation. Uh, you've got like three out of four walls and half a roof. How many of you would say that's, those are livable conditions? Right? No one wants to do that. And what Paul is saying, this is what he's saying, is that the leaders of the church are responsible for preparing the church to do the work of the ministry. So the church is functioning properly when the leaders of the church are preparing the church and the whole church is doing all of the ministry. Do you know what that means? That doesn't mean that Pastor Dustin does all the ministry. That doesn't mean that I don't prepare you. It means that every single one of us in the family of God, in the church of Jesus Christ, has a role. That's what Pastor John talked about last week. Isn't that incredible that God doesn't leave us out? That he says, listen, not only am I going to save you, but I want you to do something. I've gifted you for something. You are going to be the means by which people know that I exist and that I love them. I don't know about you, but that's the kind of work that I want to be involved in. That's not, how many of you love busy work? That's what I thought, right? This isn't busy work. This is what God has called us to, that people would understand and know and believe in the love of God. And here's the incredible thing, is it's not a calling just on my life. If Jesus has saved you, he's put that calling on your life. And I'm up here yelling at you so so I can prepare you for that. Doesn't that make sense? Jesus' leaders lead this family. Listen, real quick, leaders of Vintage Church, I don't care where you're at on that pipeline, whether you're a church board, Pastor Brick, you and I, or whether you're a V-group leader, are you working to prepare people for the ministry? V-group leader, take it serious when you meet with your group and you prepare to lead discussion and you love and you care for your group because what you are doing whether you want this job assignment or not, when you became a V-group leader, you signed up for it, so congratulations, right? Whether you want it or not, part of what you are doing is equipping the church for the work of ministry. That's a high calling, is it not? But that's what Jesus has called each and every one of us to do. The leaders lead this family. The last thing that I want us to see this morning is this. Our leaders lead this family to be like Jesus. Look at what Paul says at the end of Ephesians 4, verses 13 through 16. Pay close attention. Don't, there's a lot of imagery here. Don't get, caught, don't get lost in it. Pay attention to what he's saying here. So he's already said that Jesus has given all of these leaders, why? To equip the saints for the work of ministry. Verse 13, until 
we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love, We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. See, what I think Paul is saying is that the leaders of the church, our leaders, Lead this family. Our end goal in everything that we do is that I want you, our leaders want you, to look more like Jesus in one year than you do today. And if we aren't doing that, if you're failing at looking more like Jesus in one year, then guess what? We are failing. It's our goal and our desire that you would treasure Christ more, that you would look more like Jesus. And when people see you and interact with you, they would say, that person is different. And that's what Paul is challenging us in. Where are our leaders leading us? Number one, the first thing is unity. That's what Paul says, that that we would be until the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, that we would be a unified house a unified family growing up. Maybe, I mean, you have kids. If you have kids, you know this. But growing up, you were a kid. Did you agree with every single thing your parents did? Who I know I didn't, right? But we were unified. We were a part of the family. There's going to be things that happen in the life of any church, including Vintage Church, where you're not going to agree or you're not going to like it. The point is that we would be unified around the things that matter. And that's what he's saying. The unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. What are those things? It's the gospel. The very thing that has saved us is the very thing that will unite us. And when we begin to think that there are other things, other peripheral issues or secondary or tertiary issues that are more important than the gospel, we've lost our way. And what Paul is saying to the leaders of the church, the most important thing that you can do is maintain the unity of the church. Not, you know, let me, let me ask some questions. You know, how many of you love the coffee here? Well, there's a few of you, right? Most of you don't, I see, (laughs) which is fantastic. You know what? I don't care. (laughs) I don't. How many of you love all the preachers here? Don't raise your hand, especially right now. I don't care. There's so much in the life of it. I mean, I know some some people think it's way too dark in here. Some people love it. Some people, it's way too loud. It's not loud enough. I'm not saying these issues are completely irrelevant. But what I am saying is that they're not important compared to the gospel. I mean, we're either going to get busy with the work that God has called us to, or we're going to bicker about every single thing that God doesn't care about. 
So what he's saying is that's the unity of the faith, the gospel, Jesus, is the reason we are here. That's why we do what we do, Jesus. Where are leaders leading us? Unity. Number two, maturity, to mature manhood. Now here's what's incredible. How does Paul define that maturity? Number one, truth. The church will not be a place. Why? Not because Dustin Turner says it's going to be like this, but because Jesus Christ says it's like this. It's not going to be a place where we are going to debate about the truth. Because if Jesus says it's truth, it's truth. We're not going to debate about it. But here's the incredible thing that I think balances the need for truth is that Paul says that we're to grow into maturity. What? To truth, but also love. So guess what? How many of you, you know those people in your life, maybe you've been one where you are all about truth, but you're an absolute jerk about truth. Right? I've been there. And what Paul is saying is, listen, you hold firm to the truth. But if truth is not balanced with love, you're missing the point. When did Jesus ever deliver truth without love? There was one crowd, the religious leaders, because they missed it. So you and I, we've been called to maturity, which means we hold to the truth. We don't get tossed to and fro. We read our Bibles, we listen to Jesus, and we be obedient. But we don't be Nazis about the truth. We hold to the truth and love people in that truth. That means we're going to have hard conversations. It's not always going to be easy. We're going to disagree. People are going to be hurt. But we do it in love. Jesus leads us to that unity, to that maturity. And here's what I love. All, everything that Paul has been saying leads us to this. What are our leaders leading us to? They're leading us to Jesus. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's where each and every one of us need to be. Whatever you're doing, whether you're a volunteer or whether you're the lead pastor of Vintage Church, are you working to your, for yourself and for those you're leading that they might be more like Jesus? That's what we're doing here. That's the life. How, that's the life I want to live. How many of you would say, that's the life I want to live. I want to be more like Jesus. Any, anybody? This is a participation part. So what are we going to do about it? I'll, I'll just tell you, like, I've shared this with a few people. I didn't know if I wanted to say this, but I think I need to. These last few weeks have been hard. And part of it, I traveled a little bit more than I, I usually do. Pastor Brick laughed at me. I was only gone a week and a half. But it's a lot for me. And I just felt tired and exhausted and we've got a lot of things going on in the life of the church, not just events and ministries and those sorts of things, but people who are hurting, people who are dealing with stuff, people who are having interpersonal conflict in our church, people who have questions. 
And then Mark Anthony Thomas is struggling. I mean, he, he, he graduated, but he wasn't able to finish his, his uh, recital, which I don't even know if he wants me to share that, but he said he postponed it. But I think, and, and then he's got strep throat. Now, I'm saying all of this because I think there's something to it. And I'm real, listen, I'm real cautious. I don't like doing this. I'm very cautious. I don't chalk everything up to Satan. Because some of it's just the reality of life. Some of it's our own stupidity and our own sin, right? But sometimes the enemy, the evil one, comes in to try to deceive and hurt and destroy. And I think one of the most important things for you and I, is that we protect ourselves against that. And we're not ignorant to that reality. The whole time I'm thinking, do I, should I talk about that? I mean, do people want to hear that? Our first time guest, how inviting it is to talk about Satan attacking you. <laughs> but you know, I just don't care because I think it's reality. It's real. And I don't know where every single one of you are or what's going on in your life, but I do think for whatever reason right now in the life of Vintage Church New Orleans, Satan is trying to do some stuff. And your leaders recognize that. And I pray that you recognize that and that you do whatever you have to do to fight against those attacks. And I hope that you recognize you're not alone. That's what we're here for, to come alongside you and support you and love you and care for you. We're here to help prepare you to equip you. And so here's what I want to do. I want to close just a little differently. We've got some next steps. Go ahead and put those next steps up so people see. We want you to serve. Why? Because you're supposed to do the work of the ministry. So we've got our table still out there. I hope that you're interested in V-teams. I hope that that's a big part of your life. If you're not serving, you should go serve. That's the greatest pitch you've ever heard about serving, is it not? And then we've got our next leadership track coming up in the fall. And if you're interested in leading, whether it's in the church, in the home, in the workplace, go online, uh, uh, vcnola.com slash leadership track. You can sign up. We'll send you some more information. But here's what I want to do. If you're a leader in the life of Vintage Church, I just want you to stand up. Anybody else? If you guys are in the production booth, I want you to come out and just kind of stand here in the, the hall, the, the whatever this is called, the walkway. And here's what, I want you, here's what I want everybody else sitting around to do. I want you to stand up, and I want you to surround these leaders who are standing up. I want you to put your hands on them, and I want to pray for them. Because these men and these women are doing something that Satan hates. And the most important thing that we need to be doing for these leaders right now is praying for them, and asking for the Lord to protect them. And so let's pray. Father, I thank you for your church. For your salvation, Lord, for what you have done in our lives. For those of us in this room who know you as Lord and Savior, God, you know, we know what a blessing and an honor it is to not only be a part of your church, but to lead your church. 
And God, I don't know what's going on necessarily in the lives of all of these people. I feel like there's a lot spiritually going on in the life of our church. And so I simply pray for your protection, Father. God, I don't know what's going on in the lives of many of our leaders out here in this audience. But I pray for them. We pray for them. Because they're doing a mighty work in your name. Father, protect us from the enemy, God. For those of us maybe who have strayed away, Father, I pray, God, that we would turn back to you today. God, may this moment right here be a moment, Father, in which you strengthen and build up your church. Jesus, thank you for loving us. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for giving us your spirit that we might lead and serve your church. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.